0: Welcome to Calling It Out, the podcast dedicated to calling out the BS in your head and teaching you how to free yourself from an eating disorder or an eating distress. Throughout this podcast, we'll be looking at the way we think and how it impacts our behaviours. With each episode, we'll be teaching you how you can change your thinking in order to lead a freer life. I'll be your host, Jacqueline Campion. Hello and welcome to season two, episode seven of Calling It Out. I am particularly excited for today's episode because I am joined by two very special and inspirational people in my eyes for today's episode. Today's episode is going to be exploring um, the role of a parent or a carer um, when you are experiencing a loved one um, going through eating distress. And I am delighted to say that I am joined by Pat and Dimpnet for today's episode. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very (laughs) much. I don't know even how to welcome someone on (laughs) because the last person I interviewed was my mother. So thank you both so much for joining me here for today's episode. Um, I was kind of saying this before we hit the record button, but... I can't emphasize enough how yourselves and your family's journey continues to be an inspiration for ourselves at Merino, even when working with clients at the present day. I particularly wanted to invite the both of you on because when I think of a family and particularly carers really investing into someone's recovery, the same if not probably at times, well, I say more or maybe, yeah, more than the loved one themselves. There was a time where I think and I think for a lot of people can relate that you are holding the hope for your loved one until until they until they are ready to kind of take it. And I suppose working with yourselves was was just such a privilege. And there's so many parents and carers there at the moment out there with so many fears and so many pressures and you hear a lot of headlines, you hear a lot of statistics, you hear a lot of really scary things when you're talking about someone experiencing a self-harm and behavior, an eating distress, an eating disorder, whatever label that you want to put on it. And the podcast is all about full recovery, it's all about full freedom. So when I was thinking about asking someone on to speak about that journey, it was straight away yourselves all the time. So I can't emphasize enough. I already know before we started the episode that there are so many people going to find this so helpful because I think there's one thing and I don't know if maybe you've experienced it yourselves but it can be that sense of sometimes the recovery and the hope sounds like a bit of a Merino thing. It's kind of like what we were just talking about before the the microphones were on but it's kind of like when your mom and dad says something you're like yeah that's because your mom and dad says it. So the Merino when you're attending Merino sometimes we're like oh well that's just Jacqueline and Marie and those at Merino saying it. So I've invited you in as basically I suppose a form of emotional blackmail, kind of where I say in (laughs) black actually said it worked so <laughs> you can listen to them so I suppose first and I, I was this is my first thing I was like how will I actually start the the conversation and um, the first thing that comes to mind is maybe if if you could maybe tell us just a little bit about the beginning of your own journey when you first realized that your loved one was experiencing eating distress or an eating disorder
1: I uh, let not start that one because she spent 90% of the time doing the work.
2: <laughs> um, I suppose a bit of background history, yeah. three children. Mm. Um, we went through eating disorders twice. So the first time that we went through the eating disorder, I would have said my young child was going into puberty, going into teenage and whatever else. Mm. So there was a lot of mood changes. There was a lot of um isolating herself going up to her own room and you know playing very dark music but it was all part of as I was you know being told by my siblings who are all older than me it's she's a teenager what mm-hmm. do you expect but there was a lot of changing her personality changing her dress sense putting long long sleeve keeping the long sleeves down baggy clothes and all that sort of thing and it was only it wasn't initially it took me about two to three years to actually find out what was going on, mm. which, yeah, it was too long. But, you know, I mean, there were the questions, there was the checking in with her. There was all that. But I, I was getting nothing back from her. Mm. And then the second time round, because we had been through it before, um, it was actually seeing her on holidays and she literally had cuts down the length of her thighs. Mm. And I thought, oh, oh. There's something going on here again. And then the anxiety kicked in, body issues. I'm feeling fat. I'm in my school uniform. I don't want to go to school. I don't fit in. Migraines became a huge part of her last two years in school. And kind of this whole sense of I don't fit in anywhere. I don't know how to communicate with people. Um, Mm -hmm. These were all starting to come in. And she had like her, her end of fifth year, award ceremony she had a a ton of awards to receive Mm. and I ended up taking her out because she had a major panic attack and then in sixth year then I had to actually get counseling for her but she wasn't I couldn't say she was definitively depressed or definitively had an eating distress or definitively had mental health issues but there were a lot of things starting to point in that direction. Mm-hmm. So in order to get her through her her oral exams, we got cancelling for her at that stage. And she learned grounding techniques and things like that. But afterwards refused point blankly to go back to therapy. Mm-hmm. So then the battle started. <laughs> and it was a case of where do we go from here? And then she seemed to settle and she went to college and dropped out of college, mm-hmm. got part time work, dropped out. Of par- well, it was only a part time job, so it did end. But things came to a head at her 18th birthday when she became extremely suicidal Mm. and and leading up to that there would have been a lot of calorie counting and wanting to lose weight and nutrition talk but her nutrition talk was based on having done two years home economics in school and done the whole biology and the whole nutrition and it was it was informative stuff that she was coming out with so Mm. you kind of Maybe there's something in what she's saying. Maybe there isn't. Am I imagining this again? But it was, it was, yeah, it was scary starting to see it all, patterns starting to fall into place again. Like, you know? Yeah.
0: There's two things that I'm kind of glad that you said, and it's it, it might sound funny, but even when you're saying like that the battle started, that I think there's sometimes that like, it's almost like a bit of a relief where to even hear you say that, and I suppose, you know, we can come to that, you know, later on, but like you're on the other side of it now that mm. like the battle part of mm. it is, you know, unfortunately not unusual, you know, like what, what, what was kind of coming up? Like, how did you approach it? When your loved one was point blank, just refusing any sort of kind of support at that time?
2: It was it was a case of will you get help? No. Mm. Why? I don't need it. I can do this myself. I know what I need to eat. I know how many calories I should be eating. I know whether I look good. Do you know that kind of a yeah. way? So you're kind of saying, mm, yeah, but you can't go out the door or you get all dressed up to go out and the next minute you're, you know, we used to have a full length mirror in the hall Mm. and um, it was a case of she'd see herself, she'd be ready to go out the door and finally come to terms with, she's going out, see herself in the mirror and that was it. She was gone back upstairs and didn't go, Mm. you know? So it was very, very difficult to watch her go, uh, watch her go through this and not, not reaching out for help. I mean, if there's one thing I'd say to any parent is encourage the help. There's no shame in help. Get the help. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter where you start to get the help, but get the help that she needs or he needs. I mean, we're not talking just girls. This could be girls or boys. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is such a huge thing. I don't think the stigma is as bad as what it was back then, Mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of stigma about reaching out and getting that help. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I suppose, it, like you were saying, to kind of watch that. There was a sense when you're talking there that you kind of the both of you maybe, or at least yourself, Tim, knew that these kind of there was passions kind of shown. You kind of knew maybe where is there? Am I right in saying that that there was a sense of like we know where this is kind of going to go?
2: Haven't been through it before, yeah, 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 and you're kind of hoping it's not going down the same road, mm. hoping that you no, know, because they're completely two completely different personalities. Do you know yeah completely different personalities you think that i mean i could have said one of them was kind of um more prone to trying things out and then reaping the, the consequences afterwards yeah. whereas the other person was quite calculating before she did anything mm. um so i mean they were coming from two very different angles all the time and mm. their journeys were so so different like you know. They Had very similar underlying issues like the confidence, the lack of self belief, the perfectionism, the um,
1: high achievers and high yeah.
2: achievers, yeah. And I mean, high sensitivity, oh, huge sensitivities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, both of them were both academic and sporty, you yeah. know. And it didn't matter which way they went, they had to be the best, yeah, know, that kind of a way. And yet, they were never like I remember with the this on the second journey. I remember when she was only in primary school and we said um, she came out of school one day and she only got eight out of ten. And I was, oh, my God, you're human after all. And she looked at me like as if it's okay to make mistakes and absolutely just Mm. do your best. So we never pressure them. They they put that pressure or their peers put that pressure on themselves. There is a lot of external. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you do as a family at home. You know, you could wrap them up in bubble, but they could still go out and have these issues. Yeah. Do you know, it's one of those things that you can't prevent it. Yeah. Do you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's to be there when it does. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think that's really powerful Um, to hear you kind of say that in terms of that, like, there's a real sense of like, it's not your fault as a parent and as a care. Yeah,
1: that's that's something to come to later on is um, you can't blame yourself. You know, you do blame yourself <laughs> it's human nature so but you, you can't it's as them said it, there's environmental factors out there there's other things you might have said something and to be honest with you there's times wh- one of the things with um as I say, one of the features in our family and going to Merino was the at the group sessions you realize that these young people were high achievers very intelligent but very sensitive mm. and my big flaw was that I could go up and I could say I could say something that I thought was perfectly normal. I come back down uh, and uh, the, our, our loved one would be onto to them. Like saying, said, after saying, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, I said the bricks on the wall were red. And she took it that it was um, a, a slight on her or something like that. I said, how do you? But, yeah, there'd be other times I would put my two size lines in it and kind of trying to unwind that was... Horrific because there there is a distorted distortion in the where the information is received. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it gets distorted, and it is that that I found hard because you get to the tread on eggshells. What do you say? Can I say this? Can I not say that? And that's the other side of it. That it is difficult. That is a difficult part of it. You know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you mind me asking you a little bit more about that, part Kind of like I'm just kind of thinking as to kind of parent or care listen to that that sense of walking on eggshells and the one like I said there's a feeling like you can't say anything right two you're kind of afraid to upset them how did how did you both kind of navigate through that part of it like you said that kind of the reactions
2: and
1: I just let Dim to do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, very badly it, it, in the beginning. Very, very badly, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you had to you had to tune in, and you had to be very selective about your words, and it's not always easy. Um, and like, well, I remember saying something one time. I can't even remember what it was, but Dim says, "Can you not see that that could have been taken as?" A, but, but you yeah, had to really think about it, um, and it, it, it was difficult. And like you'd be going up, you'd be saying, "Sorry, that this is exactly what I meant. This, this is what I was talking about. Mm. I know you thought it was this, but no, this is exactly what I was talking about." And it would get accepted, but um, yeah, it, it was it was hard to get. There was damage get, like,
2: done, and there was like because I mean Pat Pat's way of living is through humor. Which wasn't always very well received and especially I think when you're going through an ED it really wasn't received very well Mm. and it was very much distorted and it it was actually funny what was believed like if you told them something genuine and something serious Mm. about themselves and how good they were and it was a good compliment and everything else that wasn't believed but if you told them through a joke something negative Mm. or something you know that was believed and you just oh my god like it was a balancing act at times wasn't it yeah,
1: trying to it was difficult to balance because as you say yeah. um you got to the stage where you, you couldn't joke about anything you, you wouldn't be saying anything you always tried to boost them because you, you knew and the second time around the first time around you thought all that we thought about was this is just about food and mm. it's about body image and, and that's it we didn't realize that there's underlying uh, lack of self-confidence uh lack of self-worth worthlessness and all that so when you realise that, then you're kind of on the way to kind of saying, yes, I cannot. You, you try to do positive stuff, but as I said to you before we started talking, even when doing the positive stuff, uh, you would say that, wouldn't you? You're my dad. Yeah. And and, and that's it. So you, you're taking it. It's counting for nothing. But maybe some of it, some of it is just getting through. And yeah. that's, what, that's what you hope. You, you don't know. You never asked to. <laughs> but um, you, you don't know whether some of the, the positives And you would always try positive reinforcement, with it Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, there's a, there's a real sense there that there's, when you're talking, it's like learning a language, you oh. know, and even like you were saying there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no, that, that's, it's like, the thing that came out for us is education and learning and researching and talking to experts and uh, find out how you, how you do things right. Yeah. And yeah. Various acronyms for fine.
2: I'm fine. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: May I ask the you what you learned fine. about what does fine stand for? Uh, not, not on
0: that, swear. <laughs> oh you can swear on this podcast as long as it's not me. Something Fucked get, up, insecure, erotic, unemotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. It's a good one. It's a it's a really powerful one to know, do you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Um because like obviously with the language of ED, like yeah, constant yeah. like you're I think as a care and a parent and someone on the outside, you're constantly coming up against brick walls. Mm. You know? And even when you're speaking there about that balancing act, the walking on eggshells, you know, Maybe, and uh, I don't know, but maybe if you don't mind me asking, like at the time, what kind of impact was that having, like on yourselves and, and the family?
1: Well, I, I, just from my point of view, it probably would have caused, like, there'd be times when I said, no, we can't let them away with that. And they'd say, no, no, we got to. Or it could be the other way around. We, we could be arguing over the best, what was the best thing to do. Okay. And especially if the loved one got upset or very upset, or the loved, the loved one got the way when you're thinking, that's wrong you know it's actually
2: very manipulative yeah it is. It, is. it is very manipulative yeah. and that was one of the hard things to, to balance was the manipulation and how do you get it right without always giving in or without them always having their own way mm-hmm. and that's where they're kind of we bounced off each other at times you know and we actually found that even when we went on for a walk or when we went on holidays yeah the whole conversation was ed yeah, and we actually had to stop it. Mm. Just stop it. We actually need a timeout from this. Like yeah. you know, we actually need a timeout from all this crap that's going on. It's a banned subject. Yeah, you know, and like you could have walked out of a house where you know things were pretty bad. Mm. You know, and they do get bad. You know, and I think. If if you're if you're not realizing how bad things can get with E D, you're not engaging with it. Do you know? That uh, and you need to engage with your loved one, with the process, with everything that there is about it. Yeah. You know? And if you're getting on with your daily life and it's not impacting you at all, it says something that you're not engaging with what's happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I think as a carer, as a parent, to understand it, you need to engage. Yeah. You really need to get But you need to have your time out. Mm. And like that, like I mean, with three kids, they all had their own outlets, they all had their own sports, they all had their own levels of education. You know, when this was going on, one was finished. Well, the second time round, one was finished school, one was leaving cert, one was going through leaving cert, or one was in college, you know. Mm. So you're you're all the time balancing, you can't do all the focus on that one who's not well. Yeah. You know, so it's where are you going? Where am I going? Who's going to do what? Like, you know. Yeah. And Not having it all landing on the one person, because there was a lot of it was my role. And going back to what we were saying earlier about not blaming, I blame myself because I gave up my work when I had my children. My key role in life was looking after my children. So obviously, if two of them have an ED, I've done something wrong. Yeah. But then as you realize and you learn and you go through it, you realize no, not my fault. I may have been able to intervene maybe a little bit sooner. Maybe not, I don't know. Mm. If I'd intervened, would she have engaged? Maybe, maybe not. You know, you don't know, I think, and she'll tell me now, things happen for a reason. Yeah. And we went through, the second time we around, we went through about seven therapists before we hit on your good selves. <laughs> <laughs> That's a plug. Um,
1: <laughs> Huge plug. But,
2: no, it. and you know, it was the one place where as a carer we were listened to and as a carer we were heard Mm. and your whole dynamic and approach was completely different than anywhere else and believe me we had been around the block (laughs) (laughs) we'd we'd actually been around the block
1: we'd actually been about five or six and at no stage did full recovery come into it it was maintenance you can maintain this and that was the message was given to us loud and clear Mm. so uh yeah it was a complete change when it came to you guys. So,
0: yeah. This is just kind of randomly popped in. I don't know if it's going to go down like a lead balloon. And I, did you have experiences with accessing um, public services? Yep.
1: Yeah. Lead balloon. <laughs> That's a public service, not your question. Do
0: you mind me asking a little bit about what that experience is like? Because I suppose I'm just thinking of a lot of especially where we're at in the world at the moment and what we're experiencing is so many parents and carers really trying to access and people personal experience as well, but trying to access that help would find it quite challenging. Can do you mind me
2: asking a little bit about what your experience no, was all, like no, no. with yeah. that? We would have started off originally with a referral from our GP. And our this was first time round, so she would have been a minor. And The two of us were called in, as in my child and myself. And then she was, I was asked to leave the room. She was talked with. uh, And then I, I, she was asked to leave and I was talked with. Right. So she never felt anything was private. She never felt there was anything confidential going Mm -hmm. on. Right. They do, they seem to work on a six week program. So every six weeks, your therapist, counselor, whatever was changed. Right. Second time around, uh, she was an adult. She was 18, the second journey we had. And I initially said, you are kidding me. They are rubbish. And, oh, no, they're different now. They've changed, like, you know. Because there was, one was in 2003. The other was 2010, I think it was. Mm. So you're talking to seven-year gap. You think, oh, yeah, come on. You our services improve. <laughs> no. <laughs> absolutely not it happened all again there was the only person she had continuity of care with was her um she was assigned a nurse practitioner I think is what they call them mm. um and she would meet her on and off maybe once a week or once a fortnight she might meet for a coffee or just for a chat or she was a person that you could go to if you were you know struggling or if you were in trouble yeah. um but again they kept changing. Sorry. All they were interested in was a diagnosis. That's what I was going <laughs> the, the label. Um, so it was form-filling Okay. and they came up with a diagnosis that she looked at and I looked at and I'm saying, no way. Absolutely no way. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But what became a problem then was, oh, this is what I've been told. This is what my problem is. This is what my issue is. Mm-hmm. So she actually then started to live that diagnosis. Yeah. So her symptoms increased tenfold you know and it, it actually caused even more problems for us mm-hmm. and I'll just add to that again going back to 2018 I had reason to be in touch with the same centre again mm-hmm. and was told again oh, no, no, they've improved immensely mm-hmm. and I'm saying they want to have and my loved one was going through a horrific trauma at the time Mm. and never actually saw the therapist that day because of what she witnessed happening another client while she was there okay and said absolutely no way could she actually work with somebody in this place who doesn't have the respect and the knowledge of how to work with somebody who's semi-psychotic do you know so she literally ran out of the place in terror yeah. in absolute panic and i got a phone call collect me collect me collect me and where are you i don't know do you know yeah so from 2003 to 2008 had services improved absolutely not yeah mm-hmm. no um, And come
1: no just um i don't know if you wanted to say what the label was you can if you want later um but uh we asked um you know what's the story and you can go with kildare Youth services but the waiting list was
2: so because Because we were told, like they were referring her to KYS. Mm. Right. And because KYS had a two year waiting list, we said she could be dead and buried in two years. (laughs) We're not waiting two years. And we asked for a referral to somebody private. And we got three recommendations and we went to their first person. And talk about looking for a quick fix. um, Pick a diet, any diet and stick to it. That
0: was the advice.
2: That was the advice. I was personally blamed for what was going on in her life okay and um and if you break it diet and you eat a biscuit she'll eat the whole packet of biscuits
1: that was the advice and also i told it uh it's a six week fix and you'll be fixed in six weeks and then wanted to write up a thesis because you stop here because she was fixed and she herself knew you haven't even scratched the surface here yeah so that was the first one then was uh private again on the recommendation, uh, That's true. Um, medication, medication and let's have some more medication. We'll keep ramping up till it goes away.
2: And food diaries
1: Yeah, and weighing in front of her and all that mm-hmm. sort of
0: stuff. From your experience in terms of like food diaries and weighing and, and yeah, how like, yeah, there's a sense there that that was, you're just kind of getting the same kind of
1: they, they were as naive as what we were the mm. first time round It mm. was all about the food not all about body image. Yeah. It's not.
0: Yeah. And at any stage, were you spoken to about, like, full recovery or full freedom from
1: mm, it? No, no, Never. no. We were t- I think we were told uh, it, it can be maintained or something. Yeah, no, you can learn to
2: manage
0: it. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm just thinking at that time, like, where you're at when, like, you're talking, you know... Obviously, second time round as well, having experienced just the detriment effect of eating the stress. And where were your heads, bodies, minds, spirits at at that time when you're getting told diagnostic medication, something to maintain, or at best a two year wait list for something else?
2: Our heads were totally melted at that stage. Mm. I mean, we were. Totally gutted that we were going through it a second time. Yeah. Um, recovery didn't happen the first time at that point in time. Mm. Um, so to us, we had lost a child to ED. Yeah. And we felt we were going to go through that again. Yeah. Um, medication. We were against medication. Mm. Um, our loved one was against medication. Mm. Um, eventually, we... Um, She agreed to go on medication, Mm. but she was told, well, what we're going to do is we're going to gradually increase this. And the more we increase it, the better chance, because at that stage, she was seriously binging. So the more we increase this, but it has to be a gradual process, the less you'll binge. So I got a phone call one day. I've taken a double dose. Why? Because they said it would help me get better quicker. You know, yeah. and I mean, when when professionals are giving somebody who's that ill yeah. information like that, that's totally inappropriate. No, she is an adult, Yeah. but it's inappropriate. Yeah, the way they approach the whole thing was completely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I I rang A E, my local A E, They offered to take her in, do a suicide watch. I said it wasn't a suicide attempt. Yeah. I said it was actually the complete opposite. Yeah, the complete opposite. Yeah. And my own GP was sick. So I went to another local GP and I have to say, I found the nicest doctor. Apart from the lovely Tarek. <laughs> I don't know if he still works as you yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, oh he does. But apart That's from another him, plug. <laughs> yeah. <after> Tarek's around. <laughs> but he was a man who didn't know her, didn't yeah. know me and spoke to her. Well, initially she wouldn't talk. And I started talking and then she opened up to him and, oh, my goodness, there's a lot going on here kind of thing. But spoke to her because she was an adult and spoke to her. I mean, her heart was racing at this stage from the, the yeah. medication she taken, yeah. you know, so it was just you You wonder at that, at that point, we were wondering, are we ever going to get anywhere? I mean, you mm. think you're we thought we had gone to the best place in the country to get help. Yeah. You know, she was seeing a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a nutritionist, and a therapist. Yeah. What more could you ask for like? Yeah. You know, and it failed miserably. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely failed miserably.
0: No, I'm I really appreciate you even sharing that experience because I think why it's important to share light on that as well because especially for a care and a parent like you said, the level of blame and not just from yourselves mm. Like, you can have experiences with professionals as well that mm. kind of say, Well, like, let's look at the past here, let's look at mm. history. Do you know? Mm. So it's not just sometimes, it's actually not just in your head sometimes. And I think, for especially at the moment with so many parents and carers, there's just that. One, to realise that this stuff isn't in your head because I think especially as a parent and a carer, your gut is just screaming out, saying something. But you're often getting different information. You're almost like have 10 heads that you think like, look, there's just something like you said, Pat, like there's more than just the food and the body image here. I think there's genuine emotional distress happening and your gut is on fire. And I think that's one thing as well, when you start becoming afraid or hopeless, like what you're saying at that time, like... To genuinely be looking like, feeling like you're getting by the sounds of things. I'm just visualizing like a closed in cell and feeling like, where are we going to go? Like, like, mm-hmm. you, like you said, this mm-hmm. is the top of the top services we're offering in the country. Uh, and we're, there's, there, we can't get hope a- anywhere. <laughs> you know, we're looking <laughs> for it. We want it. And you can see even how the understanding of eating stress is so important because you can give certain advice. But the way, like you would mentioned earlier on, Pat, as well, how that can be manipulated and twisted you know not necessarily even from a place of malice but like well this is what I heard so this is what I'm going to do I think that is important like if for anybody that's listening it's that like one it's not in your head if there's something telling you no I think there's actually something else out there that recovery doesn't have to be a sense of like utopia or some kind of unicorn land and that you're not on your own when you're if you're at a place where you feel like there's no hope that there's, I mean, obviously, you know, like we're, we're speaking about it now from the other side. So it's that sense of like, you're at that place where you feel like there's nowhere to go. But then, like you'd mentioned, then there was actually kind of hope at, at the end of it. And, you know, so I, I do think that's important to shine a light. Obviously, the whole every, where it's all about kind of the hope part of it, but it can be, and, and as a carer, like you've mm. no behaviors to numb out, what your loved one is not coming out. So you are watching that car crash happen over and over and over again, you know? So I just think that's so like, and I'm so glad that you mentioned as well, the impact that it had on the relationship between yourselves. Mm -hmm. So appreciate you sharing that because often, you know, I don't know, maybe we could reflect on a little bit, but when you maybe get that advice in sessions, it can be challenging to take where it's kind of saying, put yourselves first when obviously you see
2: <laughs> do you, like a red rag to a ball. Do you, How can I put myself first? <laughs> do you
0: do you remember getting any of that kind of advice to kind of oh, you're, absolutely. you're laughing, Dimple. Yeah. What's what's coming up for you there? Uh, yeah,
2: I remember it. I, I mean it was so do you know, if if it's one thing I've you know if it was one thing I as a as an parent took care mm-hmm. of it was self-care 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 because I did I ran myself into the ground yeah absolutely ran myself into the ground I hit burnout you know like it or not like mm-hmm. and it was they don't know what they're talking about because I I need to help my child I need to be there for my child and I was working and I was trying to keep them home and I was trying to keep you know all the balls in the air like at the same time and then you keep hearing this, like, you know, when when we started going to the, you know, um, the group sessions in and I don't mean the group sessions, I mean, the, um, you know, Pat, myself and our loved family one, might, the family sessions. Yeah. And Good you start fun. hearing these, you know, you kind of there is something in what she's saying, but we weren't the only ones hearing it. Your loved one is hearing it as well. That yeah, they actually need a time out as well from it. Yeah. You know? mm. And it, it was one of those it was it was a very hard concept. Yeah. A very hard concept, but it is so, I mean, I would so advocate it, you know. Yeah. I'd be the vi- biggest advocate of it now, wouldn't yeah,
1: I? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, because it is a torturous time. Like, uh, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. Absolutely no. not. No matter what they've done to it, you, you still wouldn't wish it on them. Um, I, I think I remember saying to you, Jacqueline, at one stage that uh, I was prepared to mark the house if someone could have said, There you go. Your daughter's not cured yeah but, but that that's the impact you you would you would do that but but because you think there's nothing else out there.
0: Yeah. No, I really really appreciate that Pat and I think that's and I so appreciate just the honesty with that because I think I think for both as well people personal experiences that this isn't a place for kind of shame or guilt, but sometimes it's so challenging you know yourself obviously you know for, for your loved one, we don't want to hurt anybody, but the recovery just not only Im- impacts that person, it's really helping. It's a, And that's, I suppose, one thing that I've seen even with your own family. And like you said, Pat, like you would, there's such, you want to just feel you know i suppose i use the word fix it you know yeah and that's... you and as you know as you learn and it's the journey when you turn on the fixer and you you're turning it off and somebody else and that's like you said mm-hmm. there's another balancing act you know you've got some professional coming in saying oh put your own kind of oxygen mask on first and you're like yeah good one like is your loved one here in front of you incredibly mm-hmm. kind of vulnerable and things like that but it's i think it's uh, one as a carer allowing ourselves to even kind of experience that kind of emotion that kind of goes on with it to allow yourself to even feel something some person experiences listening to it as well as that like no matter how much the condition wants you to believe there are people in your circle whether that's blood or not that really care for you so much whether you realize or not the love and I suppose that's one thing from even working with yourselves that okay, yeah, there was, like you said, there was balance and acts and there was learning and everything like that. But like, it was that unconditional love that the condition is just like allergic to. That that's, you know, it's just so powerful. And
2: that was something I found very hard to understand. I mean, you're, you're. I remember even being at a group session, uh, carers and and freedom Fighter group session. Mm -hmm. And one of the uh, freedom fighters saying, but like, why, why would parents have unconditional love? Mm. and been left seriously but that was kind of part of the crux of the whole thing there's that lack of deserving why would anybody want to love me yeah and why would you give me unconditional love and that was a huge thing i suppose number one for us to realize that they actually could even think that way that they Mm. didn't deserve it or that of, you know that we didn't have it for them like like why wouldn't I mean it was just so natural for us with them mm. but they absolutely did not have that sense of they they deserved it or yeah, were even allowed to have it Like, I don't know it was very strange wasn't it
1: yeah and one of the other things that we learned from Marino was um, the big thing you mentioned it's just me with words you mentioned condition there yeah. and to separate the behaviours from the person because the person is the, the one you knew before whereby fabulous wonderful everything you ever want in a, a child and then when the behaviors kick in it's everything you don't want in a child yeah. so it was to separate that and it sounds easy it is not yeah. and and you can I know that it's very difficult uh, as I said Dimon took the brunt of most of this anyway and it's very difficult um, not to personalize things that are said or, behaviors that are done so uh, that's something just for, for parents it's it's our carers to remember that that you know your good child is in there, yeah and they just need full recovery to come back out yeah. a better person so yeah
0: yeah no that's a really good point because i think that's so confusing if you don't have the understanding how you said it's it's challenging to do that how did how did you kind of navigate that what was what was what helped?
1: I let to... him know that because she had to do more than <laughs> that. <one. laughs> I did. I did,
2: do you know if I'm honest, I didn't do very well for a long time. Mm. Um, I felt everything was against me. That you know, if there was a row, it was my fault. If if they self harmed, it was something I had said to them had triggered it. Um, you know, th- there was a lot of uh, self blame, I suppose, and a lot of you know if they shouted or if they did something negative or whatever Mm. um i always personalized it and you know i i to them i'd say no no no, it's okay it's okay that's fine you know we'll start fresh let's go again you know the mask went on and Mm -hmm. i performed the way i should perform but underneath i was i was struggling i was struggling Um, and i i got help myself you know i mean again you know, there's, OK, your loved one is getting help. You're going to the group sessions and all the rest. But it does have that impact on you. And yeah. if if you're not staying on top of it, then a bit like put your mask on first. You mm-hmm. know, you can't help if you're burning out, you know, so you need to try and keep looking after yourself, And even if that means going and getting help yourself. Yeah. You know, which I did. Yeah. You know, and I was glad I did because it gave me a different sense of self yeah. and a different sense of not to personalize. You know, I mean, you're going through your own personal development at the same time as your loved one is going through. So, I mean, there's there's a few different journeys going on at the same time. Yeah. But we're all going in the same direction. Yeah. You know, and it's all geared towards full recovery, you know, for this this loved one of yours who's going through and how best you can support them going through it. Yeah.
0: The journeys are absolutely parallel. And I yeah. think there's a sense like if 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 you were maybe speaking to maybe a parent or a carer that is reaching that point where they feel like I can't do like I'm burning out. What what advice would you give them if, if you had an opportunity if maybe they were listening?
2: Come off the hamster wheel for a while. Yeah. You know, you're entitled to, you know, you're you're allowed to. You yeah. do not have to be on a 24 365 Yeah. Come off it for a while. Ground yourself. Yeah. Touch base with where you're at. Reach out and get the help you need. Yeah. You know, and then come back fresh again. But have tools in your box so that you can continue going with it. Mm. You know, have your time out, have your coffee time, have your your friends, have your go for your run, whatever it is. That's your go to. Yeah. Make sure you factor that into your day instead of just continually being on that hamster wheel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm almost hearing um, fear kind of say, well, what if I give myself that time and space? What if the two of us aren't talking about ED? Yeah,
1: no, that, that, that is it. Like, as, as you say, we w- did say we won't talk about it and <laughs> plenty of times it did come up. Uh, it was quite a tough conversation. Or you found you'd
2: nothing else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well,
1: it's the most pressing, like, you know, the latest episode of whatever it happened to be kind oh, of, you, you analyze it and like that, you kind of, what, what what could we have done different or how, how can we do it and, uh, mm. you know, is there any other way of dealing with this? Um, and just, uh, sorry, there's another thing I wanted to say yeah. there, is on the journey mm. uh, for for parents or carers, there's the three steps forward and the two steps back. Mm. There's times when you thought, okay, things have gone really well. The last six weeks, six weeks is a long time on this journey, really gone well. And then the behavior or something that was pre the six weeks comes up again. And it seems never ending. This is not going to end. It does. You know, the full recovery is there. And that is the most important thing that we got from Marino and that we've witnessed is the hope you need? Hope that that is the crux of all this, and uh, I think when you get it, and it probably I don't know whether it rubs off on your loved one or not, mm. but um, it, it, it is probably the most powerful thing because early on, when we go into to the other people, you're wandering around and you're just kind of going, This is futile, and that too. It's probably because, as I say, they are sensitive. They pick up on everything and that's probably going to them as well. That they're getting this message of, you know, uh, mum and dad think it's it's not going anywhere. So, yeah, you know, that's it. That's,
2: yeah, you, you have to believe in it. You have to project that belief and it is and to, to help them believe in it and yeah. to help them to keep working towards it.
1: And I'm saying for recovery and hope and all that sort of thing, please do not take it that this is a handy journey. This is as hard as it gets.
2: I mean, it's it's a long journey. It's a journey that there's no time limit on it. I mean, we never put a time frame on it. Yeah. You know, you go for as long as you need to go. And even when she was fully recovered, if you need to do check ins, do check ins. Do you know? I mean, you don't just stop one day and say, oh, I'm recovered. Do you know? Yeah. You touch base every so often. Like, I mean, we never put a time frame on it at all. You know, once she was kept going. You know, and that was it was the continuity, you know, Mm. that made such a big difference. And I suppose seeing for herself that there was progress and that she had targets. You know, she she knew because of the whole emphasis of no, there is full recovery there. It's up to you to go out and get it. You know, it is there Mm. for the taking. It's up to you to do the work.
1: And and it's hard. it's, It's hard work for everyone involved for you. Uh, as as the counsellor for uh, the 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 person suffering from the eating distress, and for the parents and family, so it's a hard journey, but it's like everything that's worthwhile, you know. It's, it's never easy. Yeah,
2: you know? it's very rewarding. I mean, full recovery is very very rewarding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can we talk a little bit about that you
0: mentioned earlier on, Dim, about like the importance of engaging in the process and like, yeah, recovery, like what you know you're even kind of like lighting up and I'm it's it's contagious like I you know when you're saying it's hard work like I could talk about recovery all day long I think the podcast is just for me really I see it subconsciously <laughs> so it's like well if no one's going to listen um <laughs> yeah can what what are your your experiences like what like when you talk about it being rewarding what are you like because there's probably some parents cares looking at the guy rewarding i'm burnt out
2: yeah and you know we were burnt out and we thought is it ever going to end but when you like okay if you go go back before you do happened and you see you have a child or a loved one who's a high achiever who's very sporty who's very outgoing and then they become a shadow of themselves, right?
1: All the potential, all the potential is gone,
2: gone yeah. you know? and yeah. then their whole life is consumed by ED and all that that entails and all the, the side, the symptoms, the, you know, the suicide ideation, the anxiety, the panic attacks, all those things that it all encompasses. Yeah. Right. And then you see them come out the other side and you see them become a whole person again and ED is not their focus anymore. Living is their focus. Yeah. You know. Living to um, the full. Living to the full. And to the point where they themselves are now in, in working in the field. Or they themselves are now going out and living a full life and traveling the world. Or they themselves are now embracing personal development because why not? There's so much more out there that I want to learn or that I want to be or that I want to do. And then... When you have, you know, you're going through the ED and you're told your pubescent child is actually in menopause, and you're saying, "What? Mm. Mm. Really?" And then the reward is you have a lovely grandchild, you know, and who's now a year old. Congratulations! And you're saying these are the rewards to look for. These are what's that's what's out there. Do you know that kind of a way? Yeah, it's there. But you have to do that work along the way first Mm. and do it together. Support each other. Yeah. Bounce off each other. If you're going to bounce off each other, don't be afraid to say sorry. Don't be afraid to put your hands up and say, I don't understand. Yeah. Listen, learn, educate yourself. Go to group therapy. Go to workshops. Go to whatever is out there. I was nearly going to swear, but I won't. Oh, no. Swear (laughs) away. Very (laughs) therapeutic. But, you know, I mean, there's there's. And get your information from people who know what they're talking about Mm. Mm. because in our experiences book learned is not the way to go it's people with hands-on experience who can empathize on a genuine honest level with what you're going through you know and that's what we found with yourselves Mm. you could empathize on a genuine level it was actually funny at times and very irritating for our loved ones at times because you knew the pitfalls you knew the excuses and you knew what was ahead of them kind of thing. You before can't they bullshit a bullshitter kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't Since we're not get away using bad language. My mother's going to
0: love this episode.
2: <laughs> and they didn't get away with it. You know, yeah. you called them out. Yeah. Do you know, literally, you called them out. But, you know, and that was the beauty of it. But mm. as I say, I mean, we're here. We're, I was just asking her before we came out. Exactly what year was it? She's into her sixth year full recovery and living the life. you know she's traveled for three years she's got her qualifications now and living the life you Mm. know and you say that's what it's all about do you know yeah lots of hard work but that's what it's about at the end of the day
0: yeah it, I literally am getting goosebumps when you're talking about it, because it, it just shows that like hope and freedom, it breeds hope and freedom. Like you said, mm-hmm. even to kind of go full circle where, you know, you're you know, you've gotten your you, you were inspired as well. Like you said, your own journey personally. And then actually that's I love seeing this impact now that it's like, you know, yeah it's kind of like that's why i often say that like, like recovery is like a revolution so it's like you're training up you know freedom <laughs> fighters and it's yeah. like right lovely mm. keep carrying the message out there do you know and letting people know that th- the hope is there and that's where i just think it's so important to even like hear stories like yourselves because it's this isn't just utopia this is real lives real experiences mm. and like you said pat like let's not be fooled like what are I think that's really important what are your expectations of recovery like you're saying I'm interested even like what your definition is of like even doing the work like you know even if you were speaking to a parent and you're talking about engaging the process what you mentioned kind of workshops learning what, there was a sense there you got to watch out for those kind of research papers and stuff like that and headlines I think a little bit to yeah. oh, so people
2: who know what they're talking about not yeah. people who are just book learned or not people who've just done a little bit of reading about it it's 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 touching base with the real people you know people yeah. who've been there done, and not the stories who not from the people who like to dramatise their whole story do you know that's not information on recovery yeah. that's the information on being the victim do you know and Amazing, you don't yeah. want that Yeah, you know, you want you want you want the recovery journey. You want to know how to get from A to Z, do all the work in between. Do you know
1: Mm. like I I love learning and probably my biggest learnings for a long time was going to a group session there on a Saturday, you know, just the different experiences, the way different people looked at it, uh, what you yourself and Marie were providing. It's just, you go away, kind of, you reflect on your own life. You look at your own way of doing things and kind of, you know, your own personal development and what you could do better. So it, it was, like, that, it, that was a small reward along the way. Is it is a little bit beacon of light, you know, the sadness that you'd be going along. So, yeah. yeah and, and that's helpful. And I think, as Dim said earlier there, that, you know, having seen people like yourself, gone through the journey yourself, come out the other side and done extremely well. I, I think, when some people need to see, you know, let uh, me put my hand in the hole, So sort I of thing, like they, they need to uh, experience, see somebody who's actually experienced it before they believe it can be done. Mm. Because everywhere else we were going, it was, as Tim said, an awful lot of book learned, and empathy levels weren't even there either, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah.
2: I think even going back to something you just said there, like, you know, that we were learning along the journey, our own personal development, but it actually opened up conversation. our loved one because we were all learning something Mm. the same thing at the same like with the group sessions there was always a topic yeah right it wasn't about I mean we went to a group session before and it was um before we ever went to marina we went to a group session and it was how ill my child was do you know and I said that's not what I've come I want to know how to make them better like you know yeah and uh it, it ended up like when we went to marina we went to the group sessions there was a topic and it was very structured and it meant we could sit down or even in the car going home you could sit down and have a conversation yeah and it was bringing your loved one back into the fold of sitting down and having a conversation without you even realizing that there was actually work going on there as well yeah you know whether it was mending family relations or whether it was just getting them not to go up to the room as the soon as they come home you know that kind of a way yeah that um it was it, it, it there was a lovely I don't know, it often had a lovely... I mean, we would have gone home many a time, sat at the, the kitchen table and talked for a couple of hours on whatever yeah. topic had come yeah, up that yeah. particular yeah. day. Like, yeah, know, that. Uh, so it does, even by attending the sessions, not just dropping them, paying the bill and legging it. Yeah. Please, please don't do that. You Can know? you repeat that? <laughs> please, 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 please do not just drop, pay the bill and leg it. You know, yeah. get involved, be there. Mm. And initially it might be, I don't want to talk and that's fine mm. respect space but gradually what was the topic today and you can i mean we can all integrate ourselves into different do we do self-care god no i never do self-care i mean you can yeah you can you know whatever the topic is you have an opinion on it yeah you know so even if you just get little snippets start getting involved
1: yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. with the first one, like you know, sometimes they just do not want to talk about it. I remember, coming, like it was Marino as well, um, where I we went to, and um, on the way home, I just said, "How would it go today?" And if she wanted to talk, she talk. If not, she said, Ah oh, Grand. Uh, have you got a, a decent uh, tape in there for music or whatever?" And that was it, the thing. But if she wanted to talk, she would talk. And I left it that you you, you don't probe if they'll come with it if they want to come with it and all yeah. that sort of thing. Be there for them is key. i, I nauseam there, but yeah, it is key. And knowing that for recovery is uh, achievable.
0: Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. And
1: don't, do not put a time limit on it. You will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> or you may yeah. be surprised, but don't, just, just it, it is a process without time.
0: Yeah. I think that's really important as well because that's like, you know, you can see that quite a lot. OK, what's six weeks? What's happening? Nothing's happening. I'm not in other you know, words. I'm progress. You know, I think that's again, even the definitions of progress and, and what our expectations are. The word progress can be. I don't know. There's just a bit of a air of expectation. And I'm often curious as whose expectation is it? And mm-hmm. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something's yeah. coming to mind.
2: No, it? you. when you said six weeks, I remember first time around our first journey. Six weeks in and I had a meeting with the therapist and he said, well, she hasn't opened her mouth yet, but don't worry about it. You can see she is listening. There is stuff being filtered through. Mm. And sure enough, a couple of weeks after that, you know, it all started to come out and whatever else. So, I mean, if, I mean, anybody going to a therapist has to develop the relationship with the, with the therapist first. They mm. have to know that they can trust this person. They have to know that it's not getting back to Whoever your carer is, you know, they have to build that relationship before they're going to divulge their innermost feelings to somebody. And for some people, if they've been so shut off for a long time, it's going to take them time to do that. You know, if they haven't had a reason to trust people outside their own family unit before, it's going to take them time to do that. So give them that time just because they're not engaging. The fact that they're going every week means there's something happening. They are... I won't say enjoying it, but they are engaging in a way that's not a verbal way that, you know, gives them the time. Yeah. don't rush anything, you know, and just keep bringing them back. Keep supporting them. Keep being there for them. Keep reminding them how much you love them, how mm. much you believe in them. Yeah. How much you believe that this is the real thing. Yeah. You know, there there is potential here for you to, you know, come out of this in a ho- with a whole different lifestyle skills. Yeah. You know. Because I remember our second journey, we met with a the therapist and we left and she said, no, I'm not going back there again. <laughs> I cried. I cried because mm. this to me was our last chance. Mm. I walked out of that gate down to the lane where the flipping car was parked and cried. And I said, you're kidding me. Why? And then the next week she made an appointment to go. <laughs> so mm. what? why? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, it just... Go with the flow, encourage, encourage, encourage. Be there for them, remind them how much you love them. Yeah. You know, if they physically don't want to hug, you know, just okay. Nowadays you can elbow bump, whatever it is, but just let them know. Communication. Yeah. Communication. I remember going somewhere and we were talking about communication and all mobile phones. Mobile phones saved us at times. Yeah. Because they're up in their room. Please come down, send them a text message, you know. Yeah, and it was the the start of engagement in conversation when they would then come down because I'm fed up trying to text yeah. message you know. So don't knock anything, you know. Try everything.
0: Yeah,
1: where those isolation was a feature. We have an attic room, and both of them we actually thought the room was cursed because both, <laughs> both, both of them went up to the attic. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: room in the house. <laughs> I appreciate
1: <laughs> your path. human path. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um yeah, so, but it, it, there was isolation. They wanted to be by themselves and whether it, it was a case of um not feeling good enough to be around people or whether are yeah. going to self harm, or they just want to time out themselves or to yeah. be away from, maybe even if we, we were too persistent with questions or whatever after something or other, uh, they just go through them, but uh, yeah, isolation seemed, was a kind of feature with both. Yeah. Awesome.
0: yeah Yeah. i think like you said that encouragement and continuing and and the communication not being afraid to actually say like we want you part of the family we Mm -hmm. care for you you're important to us and not to be afraid to keep reiterating that and like actually well now this is family time we are asking you to join us because Mm -hmm. you're part of the family and it's those kind of simple kind of you know, building up on your kind of your your subculture and your communities, and just you're just remind, like you said, just reiterating it. Mm. You're you're challenging the condition yeah. all the time. We could be talking about this. I mean, as I said, one episode, and I wouldn't be surprised if there is maybe requests to have you come back in and maybe go through things. But you never know. I feel like just speak, just sitting. First of all, even the fact. Can you imagine if someone told us? Like I was thinking, I was like, what year was it? when we had first started kind of working together and we were kind of more closely doing family sessions, that was a few. That was maybe about what it would have been about. So it
2: would have been 2012 or 13 when our second with our second. Yeah, because I don't remember any family sessions first time. Around yeah, no, it yeah, and it was actually funny. I'm just throwing a funny here. Oh, please. With. I actually heard about Marino therapy center, right? In an ad on night on 98,
1: 98
2: FM. FM. Lol. And when our first child became ill, I actually contacted the radio station wanting to know who was it that they were talking about back then and where are they based. Stop. And you were out; you weren't in Drumcondor, You were out in Marino. Me, right? Yeah, we yeah. probably would have been in Melbourne. You were of the actually. It was a conference.
0: Oh my god, that was Marino Mart yeah yeah so that's early like 2003 yeah yeah Yeah. so that was probably around the time that there was a conference probably being held that that was getting maybe advertised and that that's so so there you go funny but <laughs> well, i yeah. definitely wasn't um working there in 2003 i was stage. waiting a little bit not too much longer but um <laughs> because i was just thinking that can you imagine like you know even sessions and challenges and you know i like you know to be part of of your journey is just a a privilege and and i just can't reiterate enough like do you ever think that we'd be actually sitting here the three of us like being able to speak about it have a laugh to actually yeah. speak about these kind of times in their lives for me personally i'm a bit like yourself pat with the dark humor and it's not always appreciated <laughs> but it's um i just think like and you, it's just amazing you never think you're going to get to that stage i think so many especially as parents mm-hmm. like do you know it's and of course it's not funny but it's like thinking you know if 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 i'm listening to these two parents Speak about their loved one. Well, then I can be in the same position with my loved one, and I think it's. Listen to you speak. It's almost a sense of like, at the beginning, especially of the journey, who's it more important for it to do the work—the person with personal experiences, or even people loved ones like yourselves? Because like you keep talking about the education, the understanding, the the language that we're even speaking about at the beginning.
1: Yeah. No. No. The language is, uh, as I say. I may be wrong, but just our experience, even when we did do the group sessions uh, across the way, um, it was a case of you could see that there was senses, you know, there were sensitivities. High achievers was nearly across the board. Yeah. So the language is very important. I, I think when I was describing it to Tim when we we're talking about coming in here today, it's a roller coaster. A lot of scary bits, but yeah. you know, some thrills as well at the end. Yeah, <laughs> very end.
2: <laughs> I know there was there was great highlights along the yeah. way as well. Uh, well. I mean, when yeah. you saw a behaviour not being part of their daily routine anymore, oh, yeah. I mean, you have to celebrate. We we celebrated the wins as well. Yeah, and big time. Even if they, you know, as you said earlier, six weeks later something cropped up. Ah, oh, yeah. Look, it's just information. There's a little bit more work to be done. Okay, you're ninety percent of the mm. way there maybe there's another little bit more work to be done you yeah. know it's it's not all about you know i mean we did it's not and it, it's not an end goal it's a journey yeah do mm. you know and it's a continuous journey and as i said earlier like you know second time round i mean her journey is never ending yeah you know she's still doing personal development she's still learning she's still you know certain, embracing not, not searching she's before. still embracing, embracing before yeah. she was searching for for some truths and some ways to live her life now she knows how she wants to live her life um, and is going out and getting them like
1: yeah and d- just on the distorted thing which is very hard to uh understand but we could be going coming into uh dropping into counseling or whatever and then say well you know how was your week Awful, absolutely, absolutely awful. It was dreadful, dreadful, worst week. And then both us, only had a behavior on the Monday and a bit on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday? were great. Mm-hmm. But they focus on the negative. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, it's changing that mindset with all the various uh, ways you do it is what gets those wins, the little wins, that become yeah. big wins that become part of behavior then. And the behavior starts changing. So, yeah, it's just be aware that often, you know, you might think that they've had a good week in their head. It's worst week ever. Yeah. And it's just to focus on the, the negative, the, the one that it could might be just one day and it might have been that bad a day compared to a lot of other days previous. Yeah. But it's the one day that is front and centre of their yeah. uh, mind. Yeah.
0: I think that's a really good point as well, Dimple, when you're saying about like the importance of even for yourselves, giving yourselves that credit and gratitude. Like you said, that parallel parallel journey, Mm -hmm. celebrating the wins, get Mm -hmm. your magnifying glass out. Mm -hmm. And really, because like you said, even Pat, you mentioned it earlier on, if you're not... I often, I often heard someone before kind of say like, I can smell the fear off my parents. And I was like, that's literally how the condition would describe it. And I and it's not about being perfect as a care and not saying you can't be afraid, but how important it is to actually kind of go, here's one thing that I did well. Here's things that I can see that are shifting. Because like you said, it's kind of bouncing back and forth. Sometimes there can be a stage of like, who's expecting more from themselves or their loved ones. You know, is it the personal experiences it as a parent? But like giving yourselves credit and yet getting the magnifying glass out.
2: It was interesting even there when you're saying about smelling the fear, um, the, we would have found it was a huge element of, you know, um, okay, we would have gone through periods of time whereby we were maybe supposed to go out somewhere knowing that they were going to be out somewhere yeah, and then they didn't go out. So we canceled our plans. yeah, And that became an issue and we were told to stop doing that through, you know, our journey yeah you know don't do that because you're sending them negative messages and all the rest and you don't trust them and whatever so we would go out we mightn't go out for the full period of time but what came back to us was well you expected me to fail anyway Mm. so i failed you know so there was real manipulation there Mm. all the time as well and we were how do you balance this yeah how do you get this one right like you you no win. And it was and we were just talking about it shortly before we came out. I was saying you have to learn to build trust with them. Yeah. You know, and it's difficult. It is difficult, um, but you have to learn to build trust with them. Yeah. And there has to be give and take. Yeah. You know, that. Uh, and that was that was a difficult part as well, was not it? Because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're coming home to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, there's so really much don't. unknown, isn't there? So if somebody, so as well, even I suppose what's important, especially someone yourself, like you talk about personal experiences and how important that can be. And you yourself, Dimpna, am I right in saying, are working towards practicing in the area between counselling, Reiki. Could you tell us just a little bit about what, mm-hmm. what you are working towards yeah. or in the middle of?
2: Okay, so I'm actually qualified. I have my virtual quali- um Awards. award ceremony. That's not uh, confirmed. Good conferring on um, Thursday this week. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I went on and I did a degree in integrative counselling and psychotherapy. Um. And yes, it was all kind of a continuation of my journey. Yeah, because by going on the journey with my loved ones, I kind of learned a lot about myself as well. Yeah, and um, there is that innate wanting me to help and support other people going forward in this, Yeah. be it it doesn't have to be an eating disorder. It can be in anything. But I, I must say, I also, um, before I did this, the counseling psychotherapy, I had done Reiki and yeah. I found the Reiki so good for anybody with stress or anxiety or things like that. Um, I've worked with a lady with going through cancer, worked with somebody else going through repetitive sinus issues and things like that. Yeah. But it just offers a great time out, yeah. you know, if nothing else, Beautiful. it offers you that time out. But yeah, I'm now a qualified Cancer and Psychotherapist. Well, so. <laughs> absolutely
0: fantastic. And congratulations. And again, freedom, breathing more freedom. Where would one find you, Dimpna, if we were looking for guidance? Um,
2: I have a website um, and the website is called www.serenitycounselingandreiki.com or email is serenitycpr.com and it's not CPR, it's counselling, <laughs> psychotherapy and <radio. laughs> Just to know. <laughs> so it's serenitycpr20 at gmail.com.
0: Fabulous. Well, I cannot thank you both enough for coming along this evening. Genuinely, i got to keep my professional hat on. As you know, I tend to get quite emotional with these things. But your story is just so filled with hope and lightness and freedom and... I just know that so many people are going to find listening to yourselves helpful, and just thank you so much—not just for coming here this evening, but for for doing the work and showing up all parts of yourselves as as the journey went on, as and as it continues to go on. And now we're talking about grandchildren, <laughs> and we're talking about working in the area, and there'll yeah. be more spoken about with that with your loved one, and and getting more information about that. That's just you know hope breeding hope. So thank you both so much hopefully yes
2: can I say one thing before we finish yeah of course if you know your child or your loved one is not well yeah ask questions you don't have to have a label before you can get help and um, we found the labeling mm. and then mainly the labeling medication can have its place I, I don't dis medication yeah. has its place but it's yeah. not the answer yeah but we found the labeling really bad and really really distracted from the issue yeah so if you know your loved one has problems has confidence issues has self belief issues anything like that mm. eating issues anything yeah go get help you don't need a label to get help yeah you know
1: beautiful and
2: I, I just think that that's I don't know it was important for us so the important just, <laughs> the, 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 the different medical fields were so innate and you know trying to put labels on everything and it just it didn't matter.
0: So important. Pat, if you had one piece of advice for maybe a parent or carer listening.
1: Apart from go to Marino and the wonderful <laughs> care
2: <laughs> there. I, I'm not paying him to say this.
0: No, no, no. i well, no
1: sponsors yet, Pat. Uh, uh, if no, it's it.
2: the one place we look, and call us spade a yeah. spade. It's the one place we actually got our children back. You know,
1: mm. life savers so. is how I would describe it. So. Um, That's the advice really. We've said a lot there about be there for them. Know that recovery is achievable. There is hope. It is hard graft for everyone concerned. And hopefully that your loved one embraces it and goes on, I think, in the right care, as in Merino, uh, they will. And um, that's basically, so as I say, a lot. We've been through the mill with all the different places, but the relief of finding somebody who knew what they were talking about, who had an impact, And you could see, I know you don't like the word progress, but you could see progress, you could see improvement and change in behaviours, then, you know, that's the answer, really.
0: I'm not going to spoil it. (laughs) Thank you both so much.